Hello and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. At this time of the year, Christmas, we are reminded of how Jesus came to our world and there was no room for him to stay anywhere but in an unhygienic, filthy shelter for animals, not exactly a five-star hotel. So the question may be asked, what does the birth of a child more than 2,000 years ago have to do with you and with me? Jesus answered that question when he declared, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did it for me. In other words, by welcoming those who are needy and being kind to the less fortunate, we are showing love for God. God identifies himself in a special way with the poor and the needy. And on that note, we would like to take a moment to let our friend Ryan share with you a message with an important question for you and for me. And here's the question. What can I give to Jesus this Christmas? Christmas. To many it means friends and family, a theoretical time of peace, love and joy. And the ratio of kid to toy is one to five. And it's about to change when grandma and grandpa arrive. Sounds of crumpled wrapping paper and smells of spice, fresh cut trees with lights that deck the halls in silent nights. All appealing to that sentimental feeling of Christmas and that ever growing wish list. All the while knowing the moment it's finished, you're gonna miss this and it all starts over. Looking forward to the next year, perhaps the next Christmas concert, a new family picture and Christmas letter the next November, December. But for now, we're here in that most wonderful time of the year. Family gatherings and Christmas programs, couples holding hands and hours stuck in traffic jams, waiting in line for your turn to take the exit to your local shopping center or mall, or maybe just trying to get home after a long day there with a million others, wrapped up in an empty package of a holiday. So many completely missing the true reason for the season, searching for that sentimental feeling, trying to find joy and happiness among the craziness of today's Christmas. Lost in the frivolity and the yearly monotony of this holiday philosophy. Next time you're in the mall, or just walking down the street, take a look at people's faces, maybe even your own and ask yourself if just maybe we're looking for joy in all the wrong places. Because Christmas, Christmas isn't about the presents underneath the tree, the food, the shopping, the lights. Christmas, it's about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings. He bore the cross, he died to save, he rose from the grave forever to bear the scars of the gift that he gave. Christ bought our freedom, but he left it a choice because that freedom only comes from leaving the things of this world behind, giving him our thoughts, our wants, our past, our worries, our time. You fill in the blank. He gave all for us. What will we give him this Christmas? He gave all for us. What will we give him this Christmas? That question challenges me. What about you? Oh yes, uh, it challenges me to look for ways to connect with those who are less fortunate. Because in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 31, it says, whoever is kind to the needy honors God. It's like, you know, whatever you've done for the least of these, you have done it for me or done it for Jesus. 
there is this, this place in our town called the New Life Neighborhood Center. And Renee and I, we drove past it one day and we noticed that there were people outside the center and they were connecting with people within the community. And it was so practical and helping people. And I said to you at the time, those people are really honoring God. They are, they are living the message of Christmas. They are helping the least of these. And so I connected with the pastor, Pastor Frank Del Erba, and I invited him and his director for the center, Ann Thompson, to be our guests here at It Is Written Canada today. And we are so thankful to have them visiting us to tell us about their work. Welcome Ann Thompson and Pastor Frank to It Is Written Canada. Thank, Thank you. you for it's a pleasure us. to be here. So Ann, I want to start with you. So you are the director of the New Life Neighborhood Center. And before, let's go back, what got you personally interested in helping those who are poor and needy? Um, I know you weren't always the director, so what, what got you started? Well, for many years, I've watched my husband get up early Sunday mornings to go to the center to serve breakfast and distribute food. I couldn't understand his uh, dedication so, because I was a morning person, he wasn't a morning person. <laughs> so I decided to join him one Sunday morning. As I walked in, I was assigned a table with bread to distribute to the people when they come in. The first person who came through the door was a young mother with two young children, ages four and five. They walked directly to my table. The kids stood there and looked at me. I looked at them. They were all messy, dirty. Um, it was the middle of winter. They had on just little sweaters, no boots. They ha one had mittens on, and it was torn with the little fingers peeking out. And the mom was all jittery. I understood later that she was on and off drugs. That broke my heart and prompted me to get involved. But I never got involved until years later I had a major accident and decided to take early retirement. And it was at that time I was approached by one of the elders. He asked if I could take over the operation of the, the center. I said to him, no, that's not for me, I can't do that. And he said, just pray about it. Take a few days and pray about it. And I said, okay, I will, I will think about it because I wanted, to, wanted him to stop. I um, went home the Saturday morning, that was Thursday, Saturday morning, about 3.30, I had a dream. I woke up and I could not go back to sleep. The dream was, read the story of Dorcas and go and feed my sheep. I got up, I, I struggled with that. I picked up the Bible and started flipping through to find the story. I woke my husband and, and said to him, do you know where the story about the lady who helped people in the Bible, where can I find that? And he said, there are many women who help people in the Bible. Which one? Is that the darkest story? I said, yes. And I told him my dream. And he said, what are you going to do about that? I said, um, I, I can't do that, <laughs> you know? So I struggled and then I said, Lord, okay. I'll give it five years, and that's it. Here I am, eight years later. I've been blessed and humbled by this journey, serving 
listening, encouraging people. It has been such a blessing. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. So, and Pastor Frank, you have pastored at many different congregations. How is this congregation different to the others that you've pastored at? Well, I think some of it, um, and kind of exemplifies that, what's happening at that church. Every church has a, has a DNA that God calls that church to be uh, uniquely a blessing to the world. Uh, what I found at New Life, though, was that um, we're, we're a group of people that we understand brokenness. Mm. All of us have been through stuff, including me. And that means because we're bro we've been broken and we've experienced the healing of Jesus, it's, it's, um, it's a natural thing to not judge others who are going through struggles. And, and this church has, has tried in very different, many different ways to be a blessing to others just because they, 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 they feel that's the heart of, of what Jesus is about. And so there's, a lot, there's not much arguments about stuff in the church, about you know, this theology or that theology. It's a, we all feel very clearly that the mission of Jesus, uh, as, as you mentioned with Matthew 25, you know, the least of these. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen this church be very open and, and very willing to try new things to be a blessing, like the, the, the church picnic we have in the summer when we cancel church and we just go out and feed the community and we have our praise team out there. It's just trying new things just yeah. to, to lift up Jesus. And, and it's, been a, it's been a great journey for me as a pastor. That, that's very practical, working in the community. Mm -hmm. So I, I've got so many questions, that, you know, who, what, when, where. Um, so I just want to ask you, Anne, what, what are you doing? Like what, what specifics uh, are the needs of within the community? We have identified three main areas of uh, needs in the community, food security and hygiene, housing and job opportunities. And here are some of the things we're doing to address those. We do a weekly meal box distribution. It's mainly groceries. Three, the meal is three healthy meals per day, seven to 10 days, uh, to last seven to 10 days. And we have uh, fed over 3,000. We have delivered over 3,000 of those meal boxes each year. We also hand out hygiene packages um, monthly for the females and quarterly for families. We also have what we call a special events dinner. This happens around Christmas time where we hand out uh, turkey hampers. We have Christmas dinner with the community members. We hand out toys and um, gifts to the members, to the, the community members just to make Christmas special for them. because it's a special time of the year and they don't have families, most of them. They don't have the means to have a turkey dinner. So we do that. We also distribute um, backpacks for the homeless. And we do this once or twice a year in Memorial Park, downtown Oshawa. You know, I'll just say one story. We gave out a backpack to a homeless man one um, winter, and he said, you brought Christmas to me today. Aww. He had no gloves, his hands were frozen. He said, thank you so much, this is my Christmas. So those are the, some of the things we do for food. So how do you afford to meet all these needs and to do all these programs? Well, that's a, 
That's a good question. Um, it, it's pretty amazing because uh, I would say 100% of the neighborhood center is, is funded outside the church by donors who just believe in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, our church doesn't have a lot of money. We're in downtown mm -hmm. Oshawa and uh, a lot of our, you know, we, we just don't have a lot of means. Um, and yet people see that we're, 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 we're trying to help and without strings attached, you know, it's not like people have to hear a sermon in order to get food. We just love them where they are. And uh, so there's um, we multiple, multiple um, organizations and um, so it's amazing that God provides because everyone believes that, um, you know, poverty is bigger than any one church. It's, it's bigger than any one organization. We have to work together. And I, and I find there's a lot of people that are willing to help when you're, when you're doing work that uh, is blessing others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm interested in the who. Um, tell us some stories, specific stories of people that you've helped. Okay. Uh, some of my favorites, uh, <laughs> like Will, William. William, my good friend William, he, he came to the Neighborhood Center as a client and um, there was something there that, you know, he appreciated, that he appreciated the way he was treated and uh, he asked about becoming a volunteer, which, which is a process that happens quite, quite uh, regularly. Mm -hmm. You know, and we, have, and we have a process where they have to get a police check and so on and he did so and he, so he began to volunteer. And when I first met him, I remember him saying to me, Pastor Frank, I'm an atheist. I don't want to hear any of this God stuff, you know. Uh, he was very firm, you know. He, he, made, he made it very clear. And I said, that's okay, William. I'm just glad you're here. Glad you're part of the family, that you're helping, uh, helping out here. And, and, and that was that. That was that. And every time you would see me, you know, it's Pastor Frank. I'm an atheist, you know. <laughs> and he would talk about his atheist stuff. But, um, but we accepted him, you know. That's where he was at. That's what he knew. Um, but over time... Um, there was something was changing in him, but but I didn't see it. We didn't know what was happening, you know, under the the surface, because in September of 2018 he approached me and he said, Pastor Frank, I'd like to talk to you. In my mind, I'm like, Oh, great, he's going to tell me more about the, you know how he's an atheist and stuff like that. And then when we met, he said, Pastor Frank, um, I want to do Bible studies with you. I want to be baptized. I was like, well, I, I was like, my jaw hit the floor, you know. I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm a pastor. I should, I, I should believe in your power, but this is amazing. And like, I couldn't, I, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. And it seemed that over time, you know, as he worked with the, with the Neighborhood Center volunteers under Anne's leadership, you know, every time they met, um, the, the food banks open, they have a devotional and he would just sit quietly, you know, he, he wouldn't say anything, but something was working into his heart and he began to sense a need. And I had the, the, the pleasure of baptizing him in June of 2019, and he's a member of the church today. Wow. You know? wow. uh, and another quick story is Norman. Norman is a, another person who came as a client, um, connected with others, and, um, and little by little, and it's a gradual process, yes. right? A lot, a lot of the time we just want an instant result, but you befriend them, you love them, and you let God do his thing. Yes. And uh, over time, Norman... Norman began to do Bible studies. He was baptized, and today he is he is uh, one of our most trusted deacons. He has a key to the church, and mm -hmm. uh, he does fantastic work. So God is good. God, all we need to do is love, and God does his his thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not friendship evangelism. It's really friendship because you are accepting these people as they are. Mm -hmm. You're giving them a sense of belonging, and you're not judging them. Friendship 
we're making friendships, you know, and we're meeting them where they are and journeying with them. One uh, story that stands out to me is uh, a young lady, I'll call her Kathy. She, the first time I met her, I met her by the garbage dump at the church, at the side of the church. I asked her, what are you doing there? She said, oh, I go around and clean up the church, the garbage around the church. She struggled with drugs, homelessness, hopelessness. She started coming to the center on and off. One day she came to the continental breakfast and I invited her to join me upstairs for the service. She came up and that day Pastor Elizabeth Poulet was preaching and her topic was light their candle. This young lady got up, Pastor Poulet asked for a volunteer to help demonstrate the lighting of the candle. She got up out of her seat and went right up. And I was so nervous. I'm going, because oh, I don't know what's going to happen here, you know. So she took part in that demonstration. And after service, I didn't see her for a couple months, almost a year. One day, she showed up at the center. Somebody said to me, there's a lady out there looking for you. When I went through the door, I didn't even recognize this person. She was all cleaned up. She had on this nice uh, suit. And she said, Anne, it's uh, Kathy. And she hugged me. And she said, I just wanted to thank you guys for what you have done for me. That sermon, that day, impacted my life in a big way. I have quit um, drugs, cold turkey, and I have gotten myself a job and now I'm lighting other people's candle in the community. That's beautiful. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. Oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> just think. Total transformation. Total mm. transformation. Wow. Mm. So I want to ask you a question about the why. Um, what is your dream? What do you want to achieve? What's the end goal of, of what, you're, what you're doing? Well, Renee, you just said it, you know, transformation. See, what, one of the things we noticed over time, uh, we would help people with food or hygiene products or whatever it is and of course they're grateful but and then they come back you know and we have one of those jobs that we, we don't want to be successful we would we would love that nobody came for food because they helped they, they had what they needed and one of the things we, we realized is that we need to do more than alleviation we need to see transformation yes. yeah and how do we do that so we began to to think about journeying with people over the long haul uh, investing in them and we started what's what's called the SLIP program, yes. which is sponsored by the, the, the tr uh, True Potential. We're partnering with this organization. And what we've done is that uh, we take about 15 people at a time, people we see as the have, have potential to, to move forward in their lives with, with transformation. And over a period of 12 weeks, twice a week they meet, um, the, the founder Karen Bell along with Anne and uh, Daniel Cullen, they, they work with these, these folks to these um, participants to teach life skills, to, to help them learn confidence, to um, just whatever they're needing at that time, whether it's struggling with drugs or trying to find a job or whatever it is. And so we're, this journey is helping them become, become the people they have always dreamed they, they, they could be, but maybe nobody believed they could, they didn't believe they could. 
And so we're loving this because, and it's happening literally, you know, as, as, as of this recording, it's mm -hmm. happening right now at the Neighborhood Center. And uh, Anne's been telling me stories of the transformation we're already seeing there. And, and so that, that's our end goal. We want to see people transformed, finding Christ, finding life. Absolutely. You know? That's and then beautiful. passing on the, uh, lighting the, the candle, candle of others, as yes. you said. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm, that's wonderful. So if we have some viewers that are watching and they're thinking to themselves, we would love to start a program like this. What advice would you give them? I would say find out the needs of your community. Not what you want, what they really need and find a way to get involved. The area you can get, you can best get involved in, do that. Choose leaders and volunteers who have the heart for service and connected with God as well. Mm -hmm. You need lots of volunteers because you're going to find burnt out. You yeah. know, so you need lots of volunteers and we have about over 100 volunteers spread out among the different programs. Mm -hmm. Also, don't preach. Don't preach to the, 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 the people in the, the community, the people you're interacting with. Live what you preach. Mm. Show them respect, love and compassion. And they will remember, don't judge them. They're already going through a lot. They feel like they're not enough. They're being judged and so they're afraid and, and embarrassed. A lot of them are embarrassed to even come to get a meal box. They, you know, they'll say, I don't want, this is, my last, this is my last time. I won't be coming back. So you have to be very caring and respectful, loving and compassion because that's what we do. That's what we show God's love to our fellow men. So in, in closing, Pastor Frank, um, if there's someone watching and they're thinking, you know, it's Christmas time, how can I, how can I show my love for Jesus? Um, how can I uh, reach out to others? Um, do you have a word of encouragement, something from the Bible you'd like to share with them? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the, the thing that comes to mind right away is that this is not rocket science. We, we as humans tend to make things complicated. Mm -hmm. um, but loving people, like in Matthew 25, it just talks about, you know, I was in prison, you visited me, I needed food, you gave me something to eat. It's very basic, basic love. Yeah, you know? just showing up. Just showing up. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, to, you know, some people think that in order for me to help the, you know, someone who's poor, uh, I, I need to be on the front lines and I need to go into situations that may be unsafe. And that's not necessarily so. You have some people on the front lines, like Anne is, and you have other people that are, you know, more... In the in working in the background and and anyone can do anything you know to can do something to help yes. you know mm -hmm. and we, we have this uh, this thought that uh, you can give someone a fish and, and over time you learn you can teach them how to fish you know for themselves the neighborhood center started before it was just like a, a, a box of food that members would just bring yeah. and as it got full you know they could bring it to somebody it was just a simple thing yeah free fish yeah. <laughs> but now <laughs> But now it's something that we're teaching people how to fish and there's thousands of people that are being helped and, and it's, it's kind of multiplying with other things. So God will grow it. Just, just do what you can in your, in your vineyard, in your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, just start. Yeah, yes. just start. Yes. And as Jesus said, you know, uh, Matthew 25 verse 40, in as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So really, I don't see... I don't see helping the poor in service as a, a department of the church. I see it as the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes Be a absolutely, blessing. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you for blessing wow. us, both of you. Thank I wonder you. if you could close with a word of prayer for us. Certainly. Pastor yeah. Frank, thank Let's you. Pray. Heavenly Father, 
you know, I think from your perspective, we're all poor. <laughs> there but for the grace of God go I. We could all be that, that person that is down and out struggling with various things. And so we don't approach this from a position of superiority or pride, but we're humble realizing, Lord, that you see us all in need mm. and you died for each one of us. So I pray that you would touch the hearts of everyone listening today, that you could let them know, Lord, that they, through your power, you could make them a, so much of a blessing wherever they are. They just need to ask and mm. be open to you. Amen. That they can touch other lives just as you have touched them. So thank you for empowering us. Thank you for, for Jesus who shows us the way of love that is the gospel and that we can live it out in our day-to-day -day lives. Mm -hmm. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So Pastor Frank and Anne, thank you once again for joining yeah. us on Eddie's Written Canada. Thank, thank you. you for it's been a pleasure. Us. Thank God you. bless you. Yeah. yeah. While I was listening to Ann Thompson and Pastor Frank Delorba, I was reminded of how so many people are tempted to give up on life because they feel like they're never really going to be good enough. And the question keeps haunting them, will I ever be good enough? And often, sadly, the answer is no. The thoughts of their past trouble them and torment them, and they feel that they can never be good enough. The title of our free offer today addresses that question, Am I Good Enough? This little booklet is completely free of charge to you, so get your smartphone ready or a pen and paper to take down the details of how you can get this free offer, Am I Good Enough? To request today's offer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Friends, we'd also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our webpage, you can see our latest programs, including our exercise workouts and healthy eating videos called Experiencing Life and our short spiritual messages entitled daily living. And they are all there free for you to watch whenever you choose because we want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You're the God of the city. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. the hopeless you're the peace to the restless you are You're the
so much for listening. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to IIW Canada YouTube and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening. You're the king of these people. You're the lord of this nation.